0: In this episode, find out how your IT company could be putting your Office 365 security at risk. I'm Mark Rodell, and this is the TechSs Podcast. We publish a new episode every Wednesday packed full of IT and cybersecurity advice to help businesses like yours to make the right decisions and get the best from your technology investment. Make sure to follow TechSs on your favorite podcast player to ensure you don't miss future episodes. So the thing that I want to talk about is how to audit your Office 365 security because the other week we just spoke about the changes that are coming to the Cyber Essentials standard and how you're going to have to ensure that multi-factor authentication is enabled on all user accounts. One of the things that we offer for free and link to how to get that in the show notes is a free Office 365 security audit because there's a few things that you need to be aware of in your Office 365 that you're probably just assuming that your IT provider is taking care of this, but you might actually find out that they're actually putting you at risk themselves. And I'll come on to that in a minute. So one of the things that we cover in the 365 security audit is do you have multi-factor authentication enabled? And you might have it enabled for admin accounts, but what we want to see is do you have it enabled for all users? And quite often when we do this for customers and potential customers is that people will say, yeah, we had that turned on six months ago. It's all there. It's all secure. All users have got multi-factor authentication. And then when we run the security audit, we realize that out of the 50 members of staff, 47 of them have it, three of them don't. And the three of them don't are new members of the team that have just joined recently and they've slipped through the net. Because if you're going to do this as an exercise, you say, right, today we're going to turn on MFA for all of the users. Of course, all of the users that are in the system on that day get it. But then as time goes on, you get a few people that kind of slip through the cracks and you find out that they don't actually have it. How would you know? As the business owner or responsible person for IT, how would you know if someone doesn't have MFA turned on? You're not going around asking all your staff, by the way, have you been using multi-factor authentication to log into your 365 account recently? And they would be like, I, I don't know. It could set up with IT company and I've just been using it ever since. So you don't know what you don't know, right? I say that a lot, but it is true. Not just about IT, but about everything. The other thing that's really important to turn on in 365, and again, Security Audit will highlight this, is something called advanced auditing or advanced login, where basically what this does is This will log the country and IP address that users have logged in to their system or to their account from. And that's really important because if you see that Steve, hello, I'm Steve, has been logging in from somewhere in Russia in the last 30 days, unless you know that Steve's been taking a family holiday in Russia, unlikely, then that's going to be a bit of a red flag, right? So you want to turn this on. It's something that's free. It's not turned on by default in 365. But when turned on, it gives you a little bit more information when you're auditing the logins for your users. And then the other thing that you want to find out about, and I've spoken about this before when it comes to cyber attacks and business email compromise, is are there any external email forwarding rules configured on any mailboxes? Because the normal play for an attack is when someone's email account has been compromised the attacker will set an external forwarding rule that you can't see from within Outlook the only way you can see this is when you log in to the web version so you go to like outlook.com or office.com and you log in you can go and look at external forwarding rules there but you can't see it from within your Outlook email client or on your phone or anything else and what the attackers do is they will set a forwarding rule to monitor for things like invoices, bank payments, anything to do with financial transactions. And the forwarding rule will be, pretty much all the time, will be set to go to an at gmail.com. So the attackers just set up a Gmail mailbox, set up a forwarding rule, and it will just sit there in the background and any emails that trigger those keywords in the subject or the content will be forwarded to them. And then this is how scams happen. This is how a business will receive an email from a supplier saying, hey, you need to pay us 20 grand for something, and it's expected. So they go, that's fine. But then very quickly, literally within minutes afterwards, they will get a second email saying, we're really sorry, the email we just sent you has got the wrong bank details on it. Now, to your member of staff, might even be to you, you think there's nothing wrong with this because you've just had an email that you're expecting with an invoice. You're expecting, and you've just had another one from the same person, or well, you think it's the same person, explaining that there's been an issue, and the signature will be the same. They might even have modified the PDF of the invoice. Might have even been modified with the new bank details. The sender's name all looks the same. But what you don't know is that the attacker has been seeing emails from this supplier for months, and they're not really interested in the. £100, £200 here or there once they see the big juicy 20 k that's the one they're going to jump on, right? So what they'll do is they will register a domain name that's very very close to your supplier maybe one character out or something like that a lot of people don't bother to check email addresses when they see an email coming in or if you get it on your phone your phone doesn't show you all of the information, just shows you the sender name, you don't really see the email address unless you click on it, so it can be really difficult to spot if you're not on the ball so then you think nothing's untoward, you go and make the payment and a few days later, a few weeks later, at some point in the future, that supplier's going to contact you and say, where's our money? You haven't paid your invoice. And you're going to say, but I have paid the invoice. Because remember, you sent me another email asking me to pay it to a different bank account and the supplier's going to say, no, we didn't. And then... You're probably going to accuse them, oh, well, your system must have been hacked because I got that email from you. And what you don't realize is actually your email system it has been compromised. This story that I'm describing very briefly is actually the story that we tell in the email hijack book that we have, that we've published. And we'll leave a link, actually, if you want to get a free copy of that book. We'll put a link to that in the show notes too. And it explains this a lot more detail about the fix, the resolution and everything else that goes along with it. So it's really important that you have a way of auditing across all of your staff Do any of your staff's mailboxes have an external forwarding rule set that you can't see. Because the only way that you can actually see these is by logging into each individual account. So I don't know, if you're a bigger business and say you might have a couple of hundred mailboxes, how can you see at a glance that there's no external forwarding rule set on your users' mailboxes? How do you do that right now? You don't have a way of doing it right now. You're just assuming that your IT company is monitoring this. But I'll tell you something, they're not. Because it's not an easy thing to monitor. It's a very difficult thing to monitor. And usually when an attack's happened and you know, businesses realise that one mailbox or several mailboxes have been compromised, the fix that I hear most often is say, yeah, it's fine. Our IT company changed our passwords. Say, okay change the password a thousand times if you want because that external following rule is still going to be there you can change your password doesn't fix the problem so it's really important that you have a way of being able to audit these things in a nice one page couple of page pdf report that you can see and make sense of but first up i just want to tell you a little bit about the it services buyer's guide that we have this is a free document on our website you don't have to enter any information to get access to it You just need to head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyers guide and you'll be able to click the link and get the download and this is going to give you loads of information to help you understand the questions that you need to ask any potential it partner in your business or indeed just go back and ask these questions to your existing it company and then you can help find out whether you're being served correctly and whether there is any gaps in the IT support services that you are being offered. Now, let's get back to the episode. So, that X365 security audit is something, as I said, we offer this for free to potential customers so that they can understand what their Office 365 security posture looks like. Now, earlier on, I said that your IT company might be putting you at risk. And to explain how that is, is because we quite often see, and this is pretty horrific to see, that IT companies, because they're managing your 365, your IT companies managing your 365 environment, they have an administrator login to your 365 environment. Pretty much most of the time I discover from running this audit that the IT company doesn't even have multi-factor authentication on their admin login to your system. And I'll explain the reason why. It's not because they don't care about your security. Because if you ask them, of course, they'll say, yeah, of course we care about our client cybersecurity. The reason is because, as you know, multi-factor authentication is either going to send a text or it's going to ask through an app to authenticate the login. But if you're an IT company and you've got multiple technicians, and any one of your technicians may have to log into the customer's environment, right? To the customer's Microsoft 365 tenancy. If that multi-factor authentication is attached to say the managing directors or the business owner, their mobile phone and they're on holiday skiing and one of their technicians needs to log into your 365 to make a change or to create a new user or to delete a user that's left the business or something. When they try and log in, it's going to trigger the MFA to someone who's not in the business or is not available. So then how do they then manage that and getting logins to the systems? Well, it all comes down to the systems that your IT use using. Now, I can't speak for other IT companies, but I can speak for M3 Networks in saying that we have a password management tool that's designed for IT companies that costs money, but that's because we're a professional business. So we invest in the right tools so that we can do things properly. And how this works for us is our password manager not only is storing unique passwords, strong passwords that none of our technicians know, which is, improves the customer security as well, but it also generates the six-digit one-time code for the MFA from within the password manager, which means that the MFA authentication is not tied to a specific mobile phone. It's not tied to a specific person. It means that anyone of our team that needs to do work for you as the customer can get secure access to your 365 without putting you at risk. So that's the reason why IT companies don't have MFA on admin accounts. The logistics of it is really difficult. Now also, you could open up a wider conversation to say, well, why haven't Microsoft thought about this and say, well, how do we help IT companies to make sure that they can be secure, but so that their technicians can get access to the customer. It's a whole other discussion. I could rant and moan about that all day. I'll be careful what I say here about Microsoft, but I'm just gonna say, they don't do much to help IT companies make their life easier. I think they assume that because we're all techies that we'll just figure out our own solution for stuff and most of the time we do but it'd be nice if they could offer some way inbuilt, inherent in the system that could make life a little bit easier but no, an admin account is an admin account and they don't care whether that's you that has the admin account or it's your IT company that has the admin account and they're not considering the problem that I've just described which is multiple technicians having to log in to the customer's environment to carry out admin tasks. Now, if you're just using a one-man band IT person, then it's probably not a problem because you've got one person who is the administrator. But the minute you use a bigger IT company, there needs to be a way that they have a secure mechanism that works, that doesn't put you at risk. Because I've seen audit reports come back where there's maybe three admin accounts on the 365 environment, Two of them are for members of the team at the customer side who want to be able to do admin stuff. And they've got MFA, but then the IT companies one doesn't. And the thing with security, and I say this time and time and again, probably heard me repeat this so much on other episodes, is that it's the things that you don't do that cause the problem, not the things that you are doing. It's the door that you didn't lock is the one that people get in. So the point is, you need to be aware of your 365 security posture which users are putting you at risk, who doesn't have MFA enabled, ensure advanced auditing is turned on and being able to monitor for external forwarding rules because these are the common things that will cause you a problem. Because Office 365 is no longer just email. A lot of businesses have now put all of the data into SharePoint. 365 really is your biggest platform in terms of company data. So it's really important that you're securing this. When we run these reports and then we present them to potential customers, they're usually quite shocked to discover what's in it because the reports usually got lots of red stuff written in red writing. Why do we highlight things in red? Because red's danger, red's bad. And I think when you were, I remember being at school, the teacher always wrote with a red pen, didn't they? Like, see me after class. It was always written in red pen. So red has got a lot of connotations to it. So when you see a report, it's got lots of red stuff. Of course, you suddenly think that there's things wrong. Some of that information is just informational stuff, but the important message is is that you have a way that you can audit your Office 365 and understand that information in a way that it's going to make sense to you. And that's what our free 365 security audit will give you. So you might be thinking that you have to give away your usernames and passwords and stuff to us to be able to carry out the audit. But that's the really clever part is that you don't. When we run the audit for a customer, potential customer, we will generate a link that gets sent to you because quite rightly, we understand that people don't fully trust us at that point because we're just early stages in the conversation. You will then click the link and you will then enter 365 admin credentials directly. So you don't have to pass any sensitive information to us we don't log into your 365 to do this and once you do that the audit will run and it will spit the report out and send it back to us and then we'll get in touch with you to have a chat about what we've found in the audit the one thing you do have to have is admin credentials or to know the admin credentials for your 365 environment which may mean that you do have to go and ask your IT company to give you an admin login to your 365. There's no getting away from that because you can't audit a system without administrator credentials. Quite often, we actually just find out that the person that we're speaking to, their account actually has admin credentials anyway, which is obviously a bad thing. But it means that we can then run the audit using their credentials, which we've done on numerous occasions. So it's worthwhile just putting their credentials in and seeing whether that's enough to run the audit. So if you want to have a 365 audit carried out, but you don't want to rock the boat, shall we say, with your current IT provider, and you don't have admin credentials then yeah, how do you get those credentials so that we can run the report? The first thing to understand is that the 365 environment is your environment. It belongs to you, okay? Your IT company is administering it for you and may or may not be providing the licenses into that environment for you. So you might be buying the licenses direct from Microsoft. They may be providing them either way. They are just an admin of the system. You're quite within your rights to say, we would like to have a dedicated admin account so that we can then respond to things like someone leaving the business or changing a password. We want to have the ability to do that. Of course, that may throw up a red flag to your IT company that why of a sudden are you asking for this? You've never had this before. You could just say, actually, part of a review of our business policies, we need to make sure that we have an admin login to our systems because what happens if we wake up on Monday morning and find out our IT company's gone out of business? How would then we get admin access to our own environment? We need to ensure that we can still gain access. You can see so many different things to try and get that information. What you could also say is that as part of, you know, we're looking at moving to cyber central certification so we want to make sure that we are reviewing the admin logins that we have and that we've realized that we don't actually have an admin login to our own system and in order to protect the business we need to make sure that we have admin rights to all the systems that we have as well there's a multiple ways that you can approach that conversation to make sure that you get admin rights just make sure that they don't just turn admin rights on for your email account because the account that you use for email cannot have admin rights this must be a dedicated admin account so make up a new account give it global admin rights and the other thing to mention is that you don't pay for accounts or user accounts in 365 you only pay for licenses so creating another admin account has no costs attached to it other than creating the admin account so Just make sure it's not been added to an existing email account and also make sure that, obviously, multi-factor authentication has been enabled for the admin account. The other way to go around it, actually, is just be completely honest with them. Just say, as part of our review, we are having an independent 365 security audit carried out. There's nothing more to say other than that. Just say, we've been offered a free 365 security audit. We'd like to have that carried out independently of our existing provider and in order to do that we're requesting that you create as an admin account and provide us admin credentials now what i always say to people is that if you do create another admin account just for the purposes of this then it's good practice to have as little admin accounts as possible so let us run the audit once the audit's complete then just delete the admin account that was created so that you don't have the exposure of having yet another admin account on the system you're quite within your rights to do it. They may turn around and say, we can actually offer you a 365 security audit. In which case you go, great, well, you'd do it then. But chances are they're not going to be able to do that and they're not going to be able to say that. Just be honest with them and say, this is what we're doing. This is what we need. This is why we're doing it. And here's the thing, and this is really important. If they try and stop the audit from happening, that's a big red flag, right? If they have your interests at heart. And they should agree that, yeah, having an audit of your 365 is a really good thing because it's better to find out about problems before they cause you a problem. If they don't want you to have the audit, that means you should really have the audit. <laughs> because if they saying no, 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 don't look at this. We don't want you to look at your 365 security posture. Then that means you absolutely should. Because it means that they know something that they don't want you to see and that's never going to be a good situation because they know that you're going to find out something and then you're going to go back to them and say, why don't we have multi-factor authentication turned on? Why does your admin account not have multi-factor authentication turned on? Why have we got external forwarding rules for mailboxes that we've never set up? that it's actually hackers already in the system that we don't know about. So all these questions are going to come up and they know it's going to put them into a real difficult position where they don't have an answer. If it was me, I would be completely honest and tell them what you're doing and see what their response is to that. They should be supportive of this. If they're not, run away. You should be maybe a bit concerned as to why they're doing that. At the end of the day, the way I see is if they've got nothing to hide and they've got your interests at heart, then they would want to improve. The security. The thing I would always caveat this with is that the reason that your security posture might not be very good in something like Office 365 is because you just might find out that your IT company is just not a great cybersecurity company. They fix problems, you've worked with them for years, you like them, they bring biscuits and donuts to the office when they come and see you. But when you run a security audit and you start to pull back the covers and see what's actually going on from a security point of view, you might realize that it's not because they're crap or they don't know what they're doing. It's just not something that they do. It's like going into a steakhouse, then you discover that actually they don't do sushi. Well, yeah, because it's a steakhouse. Just like there's really good IT companies, but don't assume that all IT companies do much in the way of cybersecurity. They might do a bit of stuff, right? But the question is, is is it a focus? Is it their mantra, right? So at M3, we're like, we don't do anything that would put a customer at risk. We have authorization procedures in place. We know that customers have Cyber essential certification. We have Cyber essential certification. You know, we don't do things that would put a customer at risk because we are switched on and aware of these things. And sometimes, even when a customer asks us to do something, we have to say, we're not doing that. We're gonna push back and say no. We can do what you're asking, but not in the way that you want it to be done. Because the way that you're wanting it to be done is going to put you at risk. And if you put you at risk and something goes wrong, guess who you're going to expect to get you out of the situation? Us. So you're putting both of us at risk. There's a way to do things and there's a way not to do things. And IT companies that are not fully switched on from a security point of view might do things in a less secure way that may open their customers to risk without realising it because they don't know what they don't know either that's the point i always make don't just assume that your it company is on the ball when it comes to security because it and cybersecurity are closely intertwined but also separate mindsets and definitely different skill sets as well it's the whole brain surgeon heart surgeon story that you've probably heard me talk about before and you know you would never want Heart surgeon to do your brain operation and vice versa. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk.